MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. And it is hour number three of Beeson Vet Center on a Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas. Thanks so much for hanging out with us wherever you are. Alongside Jeff Parles, I'm Ben Wilson. As we get into uh, a fun two hours, Jeff. We've done two hours of college football. A little baseball as well. But now it's time for our previews. Week four in the NFL. We, it's already week four, Jeff. Love it. I feel like we do this every... It's like, uh, week seven. How did that happen? Week 11. Where did time go? Yeah, we're already we're doing that again. Week four already. Uh, we, we will get to later this hour. We'll bring you the... Circa Millions consensus lines and try to figure out, do we agree or disagree? Are we going to fade or follow the top plays in the contest this week? And also try to break down some of the line movements since a number of these contest numbers have been uh, solidified and locked up. Is there any value as you're betting right now on a Saturday night? If you don't have any plays yet, uh, that is the question. And uh, there are going to be also, Jeff, you mentioned this. If For those of you with us earlier, we had Dwayne Colucci, race and sportsbook director at the Ramparts here in the Las Vegas area on the show and uh, made the, made the point he did in response to a question from Jeff about, look, there's going to be a lot of teasers and a lot of different teams eligible for, uh, for those six point, in some cases, seven point teasers this week. So a lot to sift through. And let's start Jeff right away with one team that I think will be, I know it'll be in my account uh, in in the teaser category. It's going to be in a lot of people's categories, both for teasers, both for money line parlays. You could also throw in maybe contest plays. And that is the Kansas city chiefs having lost two in a row going on the road to face the Philadelphia Eagles, who are currently, Jeff, have, have seen a little bit of respect in the market. This has gone from Chiefs laying seven most of the week down to, while it is still, you see there at oddsviavison.com, consensus still showing an even seven. 
couple books, including the South Point, where our other VEASAN studio uh, resides, down to six and a half with some sevens, either uh, sevens juiced to the uh, underdog side, seven even money on Kansas City right now at uh, BetMGM and a couple other spots. DraftKings is actually the only book in the market still with a seven with even juice at minus 110 both ways. So the question is, Jeff, Kansas City, a bizarre couple of losses in a row with all sorts of turnover issues for Patrick Mahomes. Defensive, like offensively, you can't really, even though turnovers have been the thing that have decided these games, they're still fine offensively, right? I mean, look, yes. first in early down success, third in offensive DVOA. It's the defense here that's had huge issues. Do you think they find a way to bounce back and shut down Jalen Hurts? Well, well tomorrow? let's touch on the offense real quick. They have turned the ball over. They turned it over four times last week. They turned it over two times in the second half against Baltimore. And they were both backbreakers. Mahomes' interception might be the worst interception he's ever thrown in the NFL. And obviously, the Edwards-Alaire fumble was what cost them the game. They would have won the game if, if they just hold on to the ball because uh, Tuck, uh, not Tucker, uh, Butker was going to make the kick uh, in all likelihood because he's the second best kicker in the NFL. Only Justin Tucker is better, as we saw last week. Ben, I think we all got a little bit overexcited on the Philadelphia side. Oh, I did, for I sure. I think we all got a little overexcited after they beat the heck out of the Atlanta Falcons, who were just horrible. And these last two games, ever since the, really it was that fourth, that, that, that goal-to-go sequence against San Francisco that resulted in no points, where it ended up the fourth and goal play ended up with Greg Ward throwing a pass in the former Houston yeah, the, the quarterback Philly now. special. That now, was, yeah, it uh, just didn't work. Not really special. And since then, that offense has been a mess. San Francisco's defense is good. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with getting shut down by that. Dallas's defense forces turnovers. We have seen that through the first, especially the last two weeks. They didn't return over Tampa, but they at least slowed Tampa enough to give themselves a chance with that elite offense. But Philly's offense really is not any good. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is a, a, a starter in the NFL. I think he is a good quality backup, but not a an every-week starter like Philadelphia is asking him to do. I think the Eagles' defense has gotten a little bit overvalued in these first few weeks. Week one, that was all because it was Atlanta's inept. Week two, San Francisco's offense isn't really overpowering. It's just good enough to get by. Um, and obviously, they could have won last week uh, if they got the stop or they didn't run the play as early as they did before leaving all that time for Aaron Rodgers to get in field goal range, and of course they did. Uh, and then last week for Philly, against Dallas, they got eviscerated against a team with a great passing attack. What does Kansas City have? A great passing attack. Now, there are some questions about Kansas City's offense with the number two wide receiver. There is none right now. As great as Travis Kelsey is, and as great as Tyreek Hill is, they really miss having Sammy Watkins, which is something on the surface that seems silly, because Watkins was hurt a lot the last few years, but they miss a legitimate number two. They haven't gotten that. They hope McCall Hardman could become that. He hasn't done that yet through three games. But this is a get-right spot for Kansas City. This is a get-right spot for their defense as well. I think Kansas City is going to cover the seven. And I think they are the best teaser, teaser option on the board this week. Them, and a game we'll get to later, big road favorites, teasing them down to one or a half, depending on where the number is, where you're betting it. Kansas City is one of those two legs that we'll talk about later. I agree with you on the teaser front for, for Kansas City. The fact that you're on the road, would, I would not shy away from that whatsoever. The fact you can tease them down to about a half, or as we mentioned with the number. Uh, and But I would say, though, Jeff, from the full seven, 
especially if it is seven, if, if you want to lay it with Kansas City, you can get a six and a half right now. At seven, I would, I would only be, I would, if you made me play a side there, I would actually take Philadelphia. I, I just think it's a game that has tremendous backdoor potential in a spot like this where Kansas City, look, 30th in defensive net yards per passing attempt allowed. They've gotten four sacks in three games, 32nd in pass defensive DVOA, 32nd in run defense DVOA. Rashad Fenton, cornerback still out. Frank Clark, he's continued to be banged up. Sounds like he will play. But I, look, I, Jeff, I think this is a, a defense that's a complete mess. And it's weird, as you talked about, so much of the narrative around the Chiefs is, oh, what's happening with all the turnovers? What, what's going wrong offensively? The turnovers, like having six turnovers, as you mentioned, in six quarters, that's not something that's going to continue for an offense this prolific. So I, I don't worry one bit about the And I get what you're saying with, you know, with having no walk-ins, and they've, obviously they make the Josh Gordon signing, trying to figure out a, some sort of solution there. I'm not worried whatsoever about that. Uh, 54 and a half, I know that's a high total, but if, I mean, if you think Kansas City, like, like we think, is going to have no issues with that Philly uh, defense, this feels like somewhat of a shootout game that the Chiefs control the tempo. I think the Eagles could easily find a way to cover this number. Like I could see some, like I could see, you know, 34-30 or 35-29 being some, uh, some sort of reasonable outcome here. But no, no issue at all, Jeff, uh, with, with teasing this thing down. I, I think that's going to be one. I, you know how we talked popular. about week one, anchor, you know, anchor teaser legs if you buy, buy that philosophy, which I did week one with the Rams playing you know, a million teasers with them. I'm not going to do a million this week, Jeff. But I, that is, that's going to be my anchor teaser leg for sure uh, this week. I would not use them in Survivor just because there's a lot better options. But uh, what, what you said, I, I'm not with you fully on, on the spread and making it a contest play, but I would tease this uh, every day of the week. Yeah, and this is a, we have been saying this more, at least through these four, first four weeks, than I think we did it all last year. These have been great teaser weeks, at least on the surface so far this year. Week one was a fabulous teaser. Oh, yeah, it was. Last week, mostly good for the, good, for the most part. Kansas City was really the one leg that KO'd you last week. But look, in the end here, Ben, if you're the Chiefs and you lose this game, and you're one and three, then you really have to start thinking, all right, something is very much wrong with this team. And not winning the AFC West, which was unthinkable before the year, would actually start creeping into the mind. And it should creep into the mind of betters. If Philadelphia somehow pulls this upset, I don't see it happening. I think KC rolls and covers the seven. And is it is a easy teaser leg the whole weekend. Yeah. I always has to say the word easy. Use the word easy, but I think it, I think it honestly uh, will be. Let's go to another game that also has a, maybe this is the game Jeff was talking about. I don't know. Big road favorite. That is the Tennessee Titans going to Jeff's team, the New York Jets. And right now, Jeff, we're, we're seeing at this point, we've seen some money come on the Jet side, largely due to the injury factor, which we'll touch on here in a second. Down to six from seven early in the week. Jets at uh, 44, 44 and a half is your total for this game. But it is, uh, no, look, I don't care that it's the Jets, Jeff. Anytime you're an NFL team going into a game, especially on the road where you have two wide receivers, your top two wide receivers out, and their names are Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, that is naturally going to be a cause for concern for a Tennessee team that, you know, Jeff, my, my take on Tennessee through three weeks is you're basically guaranteed that they're going to they're gonna make four to five idiotic plays a game that will basically hinder any momentum they have. They did it last week. They tried their best to let a, a completely banged up and bad-looking Colts team stay within that number. Three turnovers in that game, yet they still win. They still cover the game. 
interesting spot, you know, going to a Jets team that's looked so horrific offensively with Zach Wilson uh, being terrible. 41.9 passer rating when being blitzed. Fourth lowest in the NFL. Uh, no offensive line help either. Second worst uh, pressure rate allowed by the O-line to this point. 0-3 uh, Jets at the road, uh, at home with this banged-up Tennessee team coming on the road to face them. Jeff, do you like the Jets' chances at all in, in a spot like this after they were blanked last week in Denver? Yes, I do. I do. He's in. He's because in now, now, look, I, contest play behind us at Circa, the uh, the Weekend Warriors team. See, there you go. If you're looking Oh, them, you gave you it go. out. Finally. There you go. Right. We took the Jets at seven. Look, it's just one of those where at some point these bad teams are going to cover games. We saw it on Thursday with Jacksonville, where, quite frankly, Jacksonville should have won that game on Thursday. You're going to see, at some point, the Jets are going to cover one of these games. And you now have a defensive plan you can do. Now, will stacking the box work against Derrick Henry? It may not. But if Derrick Henry runs for, oh, I don't know, 150 yards, that still might not be enough to cover the game for Tennessee. Because they will, they really don't see them having any sort of pass game in this game just because of the lack of wide receiver depth they have. And it's not even like they have an elite tight end anymore. John o. Smith, of course, is in New England. Anthony Ferks are now the number one tight end. I think this is a tight game. I think Tennessee wins, but I like the Jets to cover even at that six. You're saying, too, stay away potentially on that survivor. I know that's, that's a potential There are angle much better well. options I, this I, week I than that. I'm with you on that. I, I like the Jets' contest play as well in the super exclusive Beeson, Beeson, Super God, Circa Millions entry there. All right, we'll go back. Keep previewing our NFL Week Four slate on the other side here on Beeson Betson. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Beth Center on VSN, the sports betting network. Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com. Credit. Welcome back in VEASAN Bet Center on a Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas. Back with Jeff Farles. I'm Ben Wilson. Why? Tom Sheck, our producer behind the glass. It, it is that time, Jeff. Our NFL Week 4 previews. We'll get into our next segment, Fade or Follow, which I know you love to do. You and Wes Reynolds. And you're, I'm, I'm just glad. I'm, I'm impressed. We got the name of your contest entry out for the, the public to Gil's got, track. Gil, Weekend Gil, Warriors. Gil, uh, Gil, Gil spilled the beans on a numbers game earlier this week. So now that it's fully, now the whole world knows. fully public information, now the whole world yes, uh, knows. Jeff Farrell's two-time a numbers game producer. Most impressive. And current, and yes. Most impressive bio-nugget of any VEASAN host <laughs> uh, network-wide that we shared with you <laughs> earlier today. Uh, so, Jeff, we have two interesting games that did not make the, the cut. We're not in the top five most picked in the Circa Millions consensus, but two that I think you and I at least in, uh, in, in one sense or another, have pretty strong feelings on mm-hmm. one of them, Indianapolis and Miami. And we talked about this game last week, how hard it was to handicap with the injury concerns and questions around Carson Wentz, playing with not one, but two sprained ankles. And Indianapolis in a game where Tennessee let them hang around the whole way, yet unable to cover, lose by nine as a five-and-a-half-point closing underdog. And they go now to Miami, coming off that ridiculous overtime loss in Vegas against the Raiders, where... At one point, I was like, how are, how are the Raiders even in a position to cover this game? And then at the same time, I thought, like, how are the Dolphins even in a position to cover this game? It was one of those weird back-and-forth affairs. But now Brian Flores and his guys come back home, and they are laying uh, now up in the market to the two-and-a-half-point range. It's gotten pretty much to two-and-a-half market-wide. A lot of the contests, this is down at two. It was uh, even as low as one-and-a-half at, at a point earlier in the week. This, on paper, Jeff, would seem like the ultimate backs-against-the-wall spot for Indianapolis, coming in, trying to avoid going to 0-4 on the season. But when you think about how banged up they are, you look at the, the injury news for Indianapolis, it's, it's already been a tough start to the year for them injury-wise. 
not getting any better this week with Quentin Nelson, the all-pro left guard, out. Braden Smith, starting right tackle, out. As well as Quiddy Pay, starting defensive end, the rookie, out. And Rock Yassin, starting cornerback, out. Kari Willis, safety, out for Indianapolis. You're going into a, a Miami a team that has, has been very solid defensively and has been able to generate a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, even even if the record shows it's just a one and two. So with that all being said, uh, Jeff, are you, you a believer that Indy with Frank Reich backs against the wall, finds a way in, in a spot like this? I, yes. I, I'm not confident on betting this two and a half or money line. But, Ben, this is a very good teaser week. Pushing Indianapolis through six and seven, up to eight and a half, on a teaser, very appealing to me. Because I don't think Miami's capable of blowing anyone out. Unless if they get multiple defensive touchdowns. Now, this is one of those where that is possible because of who's playing quarterback for Indianapolis with a totally battered offensive line up front, with especially that Nelson injury. Just a killer for Indianapolis. Best guard in the NFL we're not going to see for a long while now. But, Ben, this is just one of those where I don't trust the Dolphins. I don't think they're any good. I think they're... I think they're complete smoke and mirrors. They almost smoke and mirrored their way again to a win last week. Uh, which, by the way, I didn't say this about something that happened in that Raider Dolphin game last week. The best play of the entire NFL season happened, and it was barely talked about. The screen pass yes. in their own end zone yes. for safety, which was the first ever on Football Reference, which is one of the best, one of the easy, one of the best websites there is for keeping track of football statistics or the, the history of the NFL, had never taken track of a safety that was on a pass in the end zone that did not involve a fumble <laughs> or a turnover. Period. Or a penalty. Or a penalty. Never has happened before. Amazing. So look, I for me, I just this is I don't trust Miami. I don't think they're really any good. I understand the Jacoby Brissett revenge angle, but oh, I don't think Jacoby Brissett is good enough to fully take advantage of it. I don't have confidence to bet Indianapolis plus two and a half for money line, but I do have confidence to push them through on a teaser to eight and a half. They're going to be in a teaser that I give out later. All in the right. show. I don't have an issue with that. I think if anything, total of 42 and a half. Under. This, this thing feels like 13-9. Yeah. I could easily see that. I, I would actually really, that. really like an under in this spot. I really I like Miami this week, Jeff. That is a contest play for me playing the two. And a lot of this is, and I, I, a lot of things you say about Miami from a long-term perspective, I agree with. But let's just think about the spot here. It's, and it's, aside from the fact that Indianapolis is in a quote-unquote must-win spot, which they really aren't, keep in mind, Indianapolis from week six onward has the easiest strength of schedule in the NFL. Right? The Colts are, if they can ever stay healthy and get any health back, the Colts are going to be, I think, a potential buy-low candidate going forward. This started to conclude what's been a brutal slog to start their season. Colts so far, Jeff, 31st in pro football focus is pass blocking grade with the O-line. They are facing, and they've also allowed the most quarterback hits through three weeks. They've allowed the most sacks in the NFL. Facing a Miami team, highest blitz rate in the NFL, 44%. They're also sixth in pressure rate, 40%. And it's, it's a Miami team that has, while they have struggled mightily, as we've talked about offensively, 28th in early down success, 28th in offensive DVOA. But they're a, a top 10 defense, seventh so far in, in their overall defensive efficiency. I think they do a lot of things that are, will really slow down Indianapolis and make life really difficult on Carson Wentz trying to move the ball. And that's all without even mentioning the fact that Carson Wentz is going to play, and again, he is far from 100%, playing on two sprained ankles. I just don't see how Indianapolis moves the ball. I think you can counter with saying, well, how does Miami move the ball? It's not like they've got many weapons either. But I will, if you're, if you're kind of comparing the two here, Jeff, 
look at Indianapolis's uh, defensive numbers. I mean, they're averaging giving up eight and a half yards yards per pass play allowed. That's worse in the NFL. 31st in PFF's team coverage grade from a secondary perspective. So if there's ever a game where Jacoby Brissett actually looks, if anything, uh, competent to solid, I think, it, it, I think it's a spot like this. Look, there is the potential here for a teaser to get blown up. There is a potential here. You're dealing with, I, really, the offensive line numbers are the ones that, that really scare me here. because I didn't mean to just rattle those off. No, 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 you, but. no, no, but no, but I, I'm just, like, if you're looking at this too, how does Miami cover and possibly blow up a teaser here? It's, Indianapolis can't block. Miami does their smoke and mirror routine, forces multiple turnovers that lead to 17 points, which is absolutely possible. And Indianapolis' defense, Indianapolis' defense, a huge disappointment so far, Ben, because that defense has players on it. And they should be able to be much more effective than they've been, and they just haven't been so far. So look, in, in the end here, I don't have the confidence to outright the Colts, but like I said, it's the teaser play is the best angle for this game, and I do kind of agree with your under. Unless if Miami's defense scores a bunch of points, this seems like a pretty good under. Yeah, un- under, yeah, 42, and that's actually not the lowest total on the board. Sometimes I shy away. <laughs> if, if you have that's your lowest total on the board, I know what we're seeing at uh, vcin.com, 41 and a half, but there are 42 and a halfs uh, still out there market-wide on this game. Uh, another game as well that I know, uh, I, so I feel very strongly, I do like Miami contest play for me this week. I know you, Jeff, uh, like, a, like a side in this next game, Carolina at Dallas. We've seen some money come to the Carolina side. This has bet, been bet down. It's four and a half in a lot of the contests, down to four. There's a couple four and a half still out there, Jeff. Uh, do you uh, agree with the move or no? No, no. I, I like Dallas a lot here, and I understand why the move is happening because this is the classic Fade the team off the beat down on Monday night in the division. Short week. Carolina's 3-0. Had a, had also not only that, but the Thursday night game right. for them. Extra, extra rest. Four extra, extra rest. rest extra rest as opposed to a short week for Dallas. I don't see this. I don't see this. And I understand there's a lot of people that think that the, the improvements we have seen from Sam Darnold are leaps bigger than we thought. I think he's been good. I'm not taking that away from him. I think he's been very good so far. But I am scared that last week, Ben, he fumbled twice. Carolina recovered both fumbles. If he does that against Dallas, that fumble luck's going to flip. And Dallas is forcing turnovers. Their secondary is a ball-hawking secondary. Christian McCaffrey's obviously out with the hamstring issue. Uh, DJ Moore is going to play, but he's banged up. I don't get this. I really don't. I don't get this on the move. Now you see the splits at a at DraftKings money wise, um, a money line bets Dallas minus two twenty five. You see that over seventy percent of the bets and the money are on Dallas. That's a little surprising to me as well. But in the end, here, even though maybe the public side, even with the number dipping, I like Dallas. I think they're gonna be able to score whatever they want, especially if Carolina's defense is sloppy like it was a week ago. The only reason Houston didn't score is because they're totally inept. So I like the Cowboys. I don't understand. I don't agree with the move. I would lay the four right now with the Cowboys. And look, it was it was a consideration. Four and a half was a consideration in the contest. We ended up not bothering. We went in other directions. But I like the Cowboys. I, I think they're I think this has Darnold turns the ball over three times and leads to Dallas points on the other end. And Dallas winning by double digits. I like the diplomatic way with which you describe your your contest selection. Yeah, we in final consideration, but we uh, we went other way. It was it was one of, it was it was it was pick <laughs> it was pick six in in uh in one of the if contests. Only, if only you could. Uh, 
Actually, game through six. Um, I, this is a game. I don't want any part of this game because I, I do agree with many of the points you make. You also didn't even mention as well. J.C. Horn now on yeah, IR. Yeah, he's out too. Rookie cornerback. You're going to try and work in uh, Henderson yeah. in the trade from Jacksonville if you're Carolina. But at the end of the day, Jeff, it does scare me that you've got also NFL. It's criminal to have a game with a four-day difference without a buy involved for the rest. Of it. It, that should never happen. Four days of rest advantage for Carolina. Mike McCarthy. Uh, and I, Matt Rule, pretty clearly the better coach in that yeah. spot. That that does scare me a little bit, but I'm, I'm I tend to agree with you on that side. I would, if you made me play it, I would take Carolina, but not you, Jeff. On the other side, we decide whether to fade or follow the circuit millions consensus lines. That's next here on Beeson Bet Center. This is Bet Center on Beeson, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is that time on VEASAN Bet Center where we play a little game called Fade or Follow. Take a look at the Circa Millions consensus lines for week number four. Week four, Jeff Parles. Uh, ben Wilson back with you on uh, VEASAN Bet Center and the number one game. It's really not too much of a surprise, Jeff. I think any, we could have predicted this at the start of the week. The most heavily bet game in general, the most highly anticipated game in, oh, look, I, don't, I can't remember another NFL game that got an Adele promo uh, the, the <laughs> week before. I don't know if that qualifies as overkill. I think it probably does. Yeah, I'd say so. Just, just a tinge. But uh, that is the game that represents our most popular play in the Circa Million uh, contest picks. Nearly 1,350 people. There's a look at all of the selection breakdowns. 1,347 on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Minus 6.5. Tom Brady's return to Foxborough as the Patriots. Uh, a plus 6.5. Not, uh, not getting much love in that spot. Should point out as well, that you look at the actual line in this game, you can still get a couple 6.5s out there. There are some 7s. Uh, juice to the underdog side, Jeff, available in the market, including behind us here at the Circus Sportsbook. Uh, you uh, are, are you you going to be uh, Johnny Public here back uh, back display? It's one of those. It seems like and we talked about this with the Chiefs Ravens Sunday night game. Very similar uh, from just a, a pure handle standpoint, where it was what ninety six percent of the bets and handle coming in on Kansas City, and yet it was really hard to not like the Chiefs in that spot. They obviously lose due to a couple of wild turnovers, blow an eleven point lead in Baltimore. Similar handle numbers, again, it's in that 95 96% range. The whole world seems to be on Tampa, Jeff. Are you, uh, you in agreement here? I just don't see how New England can score enough to stay in this game. That's really the big issue. Now, we didn't put this in, this, in, in, the, in the contest because the anticipation was this was going to be the biggest public play of the whole year, period, and be the number one consensus. Wes and I were right on that. And... You look at other books around town, the Superbook earlier in the week, Jake Cornergase uh, uh, said to Patrick Everson, uh, uh, 97% of our tickets are on the Bucks <laughs> right now. As you see at DraftKings, those are just money lines. Tampa's laying $3, which is minus 300 if you're looking at your app. 96%. No shock there. Ben, spread, same deal. 96% of DraftKings, 93% of the bets. Tampa laying 7 this is really going to be, in order for New England to stay in this game, Belichick's really going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat. Because 
I really do feel like this is a scenario where Tom Brady and company will be able to name their score offensively because they will. I, I don't think they're stopping here, regardless of whatever the score is. This feels like run this thing up scenario for Brady and company. Running it up against Belichick, not the Patriots as a whole, not the fan base there in Foxborough. Bill Belichick himself. I have a feeling Brady kind of wants to do that to him. And the bigger problem for this game, if you're just laying the six and a half, seven, how is New England scoring more than 17 points? That's the big issue here. I don't see the Patriots scoring more than 17. So I like Tampa. I know it's the squarest play probably of the entire NFL season, but the public wins every once in a while, Ben Wilson. Uh, despite what some may tell you, uh, you're right. The, hey, the uh, sharps the, don't win every yeah, bet. Yeah, so so I like I I like Tampa, and I think the number one consensus pick is going to get home this week. I I a I like the fact that you guys are already game theorying this in week four, but I, that is a that is the proper way I think to analyze. If you're playing in a contest and you're analyzing this, I don't care that it's in, that it's in week four. You are doing yourself a disservice by playing into a game that so many other people in the contest are. That just naturally, that's kind of reducing some some of the equity you have in a contest like this, uh, Jeff. So I, I applaud you guys for realizing that, even if you like the play. Uh, I I will say this, uh, and we've ta- we uh, even though I we mentioned in week one how our only really concern with throwing the Rams in uh, just a godforsaken high amount of teasers was that basically the whole world would be on the Rams in that spot. Uh, the only thing to me here is again maybe a concern that all right, how many teasers are going to be tied into Tampa? down to minus a half or one, whatever you end up playing that number at. How many money line parlays will be closed out with the Tampa Bay on Sunday night? Uh, that really is my only concern because to your point, on, on paper, there's not much that, that really gives you a whole lot of confidence in, uh, in this New England team being able to move the ball. If you've watched them closely, I mean, you look at what happened last week against New Orleans. We're I mean, completing a, a three-yard hitch route was a, was, a, was a hard task for Mac Jones. I mean, he couldn't move the ball. Now, the, I mean, the one thing I'll say is that Tampa has been banged up. And while I love the spot for them, I, I should say, while I love the spot for the Rams at home against them last week, a, a lot of that was due to the injury issues. And on the defensive side of the ball, where at one point they were down to a, a career special teamer, Jeff, who had played, I think, 16 career snaps in the NFL. And he was basically playing the whole game, trying to, to guard that explosive Rams secondary. So if the if New England can at least buy Mac Jones some time, there's a path here where I think they can get make some plays and move the ball. It's just watching New England through three weeks, those plays have been so few and far between. It just it feels like Bill Belichick understands the limitations his quarterback has, and he's he's really tried to keep things under control, which makes game flow a really hard thing to to dictate, especially in a spot like this against an offense that is uh, is so good. So I, I don't know how you. Uh, that's at least my my only would be my only hesitation here. And the fact that the whole world loves Tampa Bay. Well, again, I think there are some better. There are some betters, as we know, will never be on the side of the public. I, we, yeah, we, which we, is we, ridiculous. Know, we know that. But look, in the end, here, this is just one of those where the public still wins every once and, in a look, while. Every game and, is its own entity. And, you and, have to and, think and, of it that and way. Ben, yeah. again, like, how is New England going to score enough to stay in this game? That's what it comes down to. For me, I, I just, and again, I know that Mac Jones has probably looked the best of the rookie quarterback so far, but that's because the rookie quarterbacks have looked oh, absolutely yeah, dreadful so far through the first three weeks of the season. Not, not like your bars, all that, uh, all that high. Very there. low. Uh, that, again, not surprisingly, your number one consensus play in Circa Millions. Number two, I found this a little bit interesting. Uh, this is actually the one of the five that I am also playing in, uh, in my contest entry. Again, that super exclusive, uh, decent millions contest. That is the Seattle Seahawks. 
getting three on the road against San Francisco. 1,173 entries on the Seahawks on the road off of back-to-back losses in a spot where they will be without their starting right tackle, Brandon Shell, which uh, might be an issue because we don't really know who's going to play there. And I should probably point out Eric Armstead has been uh, just a beast so far. 16 quarterback pressures. He'll be facing whoever Seattle rolls out there at right tackle. Jared out, Gerald Everett, the tight end, also out. Uh, but to me, Jeff, San Francisco team that coming coming off just an incredibly underwhelming performance Sunday night against Green Bay, despite the late comeback to force uh, that final field goal from the Packers. But we we I, the, such the such the talk on the off season, Jeff, was on all right. The San Francisco team, just based on simple regression of the mean, like they're they're surely going to be healthier this year. They just have to. You can't go two seasons in a row being one of the unhealthiest teams in the NFL. And yet here they are. They, they continue to be incredibly banged up. They'll be likely without Josh Norman, who is doubtful, not officially ruled out yet, but doubtful, and Kawan Williams, your top two cornerbacks. Against last time I checked, arguably the best deep ball passer in the NFL and, and Russell Wilson with a pretty healthy complement of, of receivers outside of his tight end in Everett, who's not really a field stretcher anyway. Also, when you factor in that George Kittle listed as questionable this week with a calfish injury, that is like a legit questionable. He's probably going to play, but he, that's not just some foe try to make it look look like he's hurt on the injury report. Like he's actually banged up right now. And for San Francisco, I I I really like the spot with it. You don't you don't give them much of a home field advantage, I don't think, Jeff, from a power rating standpoint. So I don't think this should be three. And the betters actually have reflected that it's been bet down to two and a half, pretty much market wide. Uh, for a Seattle defense that, while they've had their uh, they've had their struggles, like 24th in uh, defensive DVOA through three weeks, 24th in PFF coverage grade, if you, there's a lot of similarities for both of these teams, Jeff. And at the end of the day, you're matching up Russell Wilson against Jimmy Garoppolo, who, even though it's a banged up and uh, and underperforming Seattle secondary and defense as a whole, what has he really shown you consistently through three weeks to to warrant uh, being favored by three at uh, home in this spot? So I, I agree with the move, and and I do like Seattle in a contest spot here. Uh, no play. No play for me here. I think Seattle's defense is horrible. That's really the big issue here. Now the question is, is San Francisco, especially if Kittle, we, I expect Kittle to go. Should go, yeah. I expect him to go, but he's going to be hampered. Is San Francisco good enough off- offensively to take advantage of Seattle's bad defense? If they are, they're going to win this game and cover that number, especially two and a half. If not, look, this has been a very weird series over the last half decade where actually the road team has done pretty well in this. Remember two years ago, you mm-hmm. had the ridiculous Monday night game where San Francisco was still undefeated and Seattle found a way to blow that game and ended up winning that game in overtime, uh, the one that stands out the most, and Seattle won there last year. But look, I just, Ben, I just don't see it with the Seattle team. As good as Russell Wilson is, this, this might be the year finally where that defense outpaces Russell Wilson's brilliance, and that's outpacing in a bad way for the Seattle Seahawks. Let's keep in mind, too, Thursday night next week, you get Seattle and the it's a Rams. Ginormous game in the NFC. West. I, I agree with you on a lot of those long-term things for Seattle. Again, for me, this is all about the spot. Love the spot for Seattle off the two losses, and, and given the banged-up nature of San Francisco, I think it's a good spot for them. Uh, so we, we, each of us, we followed at least in one sense. Well, well, these, one of uh, these millions on right, well, one apiece. Jeff, our official uh, keeper, <laughs> keeper of the of all the data. We have three more contest consensus lines to look at when we return. Final segment of Hour 3 here on Decent Bet Center.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights in where the money and bets are moving for every game. 
You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over-Under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Welcome back in. It is VSIN Bet Center on a Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas at our Circa Sportsbook Studios. Back with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. Continuing to take a look at this week's Circa Millions consensus lines. One of the two main football contests in Las Vegas, at least, where there's been a number of other contests sprinkling up uh, throughout the rest of the country, but the other here in town, the Westgate Super Contest, uh, which somewhat, uh, Jeff, they do mirror these in, in a number of ways, but the Super Contest lines, you can still put your entries in until, uh, what, 9 o'clock on Saturday night, so we just we don't have the data. Right, we don't have really the Sunday, data until tomorrow until morning. Sunday morning, but those are your millions since th- those those deadlines come at 3 o'clock on su- Saturday afternoon, so we get, a, we get a look on this show as to what people are playing throughout the contest line. We've already told you about the first two, Jeff, in in line with Bucks minus six and a half at the Patriots. I am in line with Seahawks plus three on the road at San Francisco. Three more to get to, including one that is actually seen now, Jeff, a flip of favorites here, at least in a couple spots. Baltimore plus one on the road at Denver. Those uh, those perceived paper tiger Denver Broncos, uh, although you can't really choose who you, who you get on the schedule, Jeff, but uh, wins over... Uh, the Holy Trinity, really, so far uh, th- this season. Three Giants. Of the, three, well, three of the Holy Cortez. Yeah, yeah. You're almost there for, for Denver. But, uh, yeah, Giants, Jaguars, Jets to start 3-0. and But interestingly, uh, we've seen so in this contest, it's Ravens plus one. I know a lot of people were on Baltimore as a teaser option earlier in the week, Jeff. Now pick them in a few spots. And I've even seen a couple books, MGM uh, and DraftKings, as well as stations in the Nevada jurisdiction, have all gone to Baltimore minus one. I have to imagine Baltimore's going to close the favorite, uh, wouldn't you think, market-wide, based on all yes. the steam coming their way. Yeah, and they think this is proper. I understand Baltimore has looked average so far. Very lucky to win week two against Kansas City. Very lucky to win last week against Detroit. You had a... Horrible fumble by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire week two. And then last week, obviously, the historic kick from Justin Tucker from 66 to beat the, the uh, Detroit Lions at the end. But on the other hand, they could very easily be 3-0 and because they probably shouldn't have blown that Raider game week one. So it's been a very weird season so far for the Ravens. The Broncos have not played anyone, as we mentioned. They played the Giants, who might be the worst team in the NFC. They played the Jaguars, who I still would contend are, even with that good performance on Thursday, are the worst, worst team in the NFL. And they beat the Jets, who are probably the second-worst team or third-worst team in the NFL, depending on what you think of the Houston Texans. This feels like reality smacks Denver in the face pretty quickly in this game, where it's a step-up in competition, the Ravens do enough offensively, and they get the win on the road. The only concern is in this game for Baltimore is that is still a very good defensive line, as we know. No Bradley Chubb, he's, he's on uh, designated to return IR. And the Ravens have a pretty messy offensive line, as we know. So that is the only concern here. But in the end, Lamar Jackson should be able to do enough, and Baltimore should be able to hold Denver in the low 20s in this game points-wise, and that should be enough for Baltimore to be able to beat Denver in that scenario. And you see so, how the, the total pretty low as well, 44 and a half. Yeah, I think that total is too low, actually. You're down to uh, 
43 and a half at the yeah. South Point. Yeah, I think 43 and a half is too low. 44 is a little bit different because then you have 24 20 and that goes under, and 24 20 makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. Uh, but look, I. I just don't see with this Denver team. The only thing, the, the one thing that Denver absolutely has going for it offensively is that they're not going to beat themselves. Bridgewater's not going to turn the ball over. So, in the end, I like Baltimore. I think they're the better football team. We did put that in the contest. You did? All right. Uh, so, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, see. We, we'll yeah. see what the Ravens do going on the road for the second consecutive week after a miracle road win last night. I'm not going to join you on that following. I don't have a play here. Hard game for me to read. And it's also, too, like Detroit has no bodies defensively. And Baltimore... Needed a miraculous fourth and twenty-nine, and, and the greatest kick in NFL history to put up nineteen points. I mean, that that's that's what we're talking about here. So I I, I still think there's there's a lot of legitimate concerns on the uh, the Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore offense coming into this game. Uh, so I I don't want to touch this, but um, I don't have like I don't have an issue with what you're playing based on again. Just we don't have we don't know the pedigree really of Denver. I just the, I don't know. Ben, I will say this: the one thing with that last week, I, I bet Detroit plus nine. Uh, there was one rogue nine in town that I, I snagged before the game started last week. That game very easily could have been a Baltimore route. Hollywood Brown yes, had one of the worst fair. games you're ever going to see from a wide receiver where he legitimately dropped two touchdowns. And if he catches one of those even, that's Detroit trying to play catch up the whole way and just you're hoping to get in the back door. Forget the winning, potentially winning the game outright and quite frankly should have winning the game outright for the Detroit Lions. But look, again, I think this is just one of those two. You trust the coaching advantage as well. This is a big coaching advantage with Harbaugh it against is. Fangio. It is. I, I, you, you cannot dispute <laughs> the fact there. So that's your third uh, consensus play. We'll rattle through the final couple here uh, with uh, Minnesota Vikings plus two against Cleveland, your fourth most popular play. And look, at better's trying to go back to the well, Jeff. And not only is it uh, a play based on what we saw last week, Vikings winning as a home underdog against the Seahawks, a, a spot you guys, you and I, Jeff, both like. We just weren't sure if what we'd see with no Dalvin Cook, and ultimately I at least stayed off of it, and Minnesota does come out and wins. This is now a pick em in a couple spots, including behind us at Circa, Jeff, and uh, better certainly seem to, to want some second helpings of this Minnesota team. This I don't quite understand. I don't quite understand this. Uh, look, you can argue that Cleveland hasn't looked overly impressive the last two weeks, not covering against Houston, Letting Chicago hang around a lot longer than they needed to mm-hmm. last week, uh, despite only allowing 67 yards to the Chicago Bears last week. I look, I don't, I don't get this. I, I Minnesota probably should be three and zero because Dalvin Cook was probably down on that fumble, and you got to make the kick at the end of the game against Arizona. But Cleveland's really good. Our guy Mike Palm had him had him as the number one team in the NFL in odds on earlier this week. Uh, Amal Shah didn't agree, but that was that, that was not overly surprising uh, that Amal didn't agree that uh, the Cleveland Browns were number I'm, one. I'm stunned to hear that. But, yeah. but look, in the end here, this is the better – Cleveland's the better team. And one thing that is going to happen in this game for Cleveland, and I know Jarvis Landry is out, but Minnesota's secondary is bad. And Seattle, for whatever reason – didn't take full advantage of it last week. I know Lockett got hurt in the middle of the game, but Seattle was kind of, the fact that they only scored 17 was very disappointing. Odell Beckham is healthy. He looked healthy last week against Chicago. I think this is a huge Odell Beckham Jr. game. Bet him over on your on, on your reception props. Bet him over on your receiving yard props as well. Very rare that I'll dive into the prop market, you. but that's one of those that I really like yeah. on Beckham going over both of those because I don't think they're going to be able to cover him. 
And I think they're going to be able to do whatever they want, throwing to Beckham. We know how good Cleveland's run blocking is. We know how good the run game is. I like the Browns. I'm not going to bet it, but I'm sure don't want Minnesota like the market is indicating. I, I really like Cleveland. That contest play for me, even though it's going to end up being a bad number. I, look, Jeff, I'm, with Pickham, I'm probably going to end up teasing Cleveland. That's not a, not, not a side I thought I'd even be able to tease a few days ago. Uh, you mentioned Minnesota, the poor secondary 25th in defensive DVOA through three weeks, 30th in defensive run success rate. So it's not just the secondary. Last time I checked, Cleveland is the best running team in the NFL. They're great. And, and you're, you're getting a defense that cannot really stop the run and gives up all sorts of big plays in the secondary. Other angle, too, we've not seen Mike Zimmer trust at wanting to insert Christian Derrissaw on their first round pick or their first uh, draft pick at left tackle. Instead, it's been Rashad Hill at left tackle, who's been a disaster allowing three or more pressures in every game so far in that left tackle position for Minnesota. Sixth lowest PFF pass block rate of any left tackle so far. Uh, he will be lined up against one Miles Garrett. Uh, yeah, not going to work. <laughs> just, just, just there might be you. an issue somewhere in there. So uh, 21% pressure rate, by the way, for Miles Garrett, which is just unreal. Highest rate of his career. I, 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 it's those kinda... two factors combined, Jeff, lead me to believe the, like the Browns, the Browns-Seahawks line should not have been the same from one week to the next. Browns are a much better team in Seattle. They should not. It should not have been just two. And I totally disagree with the line move. Well, I thought that Minnesota. I thought that should have been a pick. I agreed with yes. what Gil did yes. on guessing lines. I thought that should have been a pick last week. And I bet Minnesota in game, and that was a very, very coasty win yeah, it, in the end coast. for Minnesota. But look, uh, Ben, this is th- this is one of those games too for both of these teams. If Cleveland wins this game then you have to really start believing again in what we talked about before the year, that this was the year they were ready to take the leap to being from cute little story, nearly upsetting Kansas City, to, all right, these guys are not only a legitimate AFC championship competitor, they're a legitimate Super Bowl uh, competitor. And for Minnesota, you win this game, you're back in a wild card race in the NFC. You would be back in the wild card race if you do win the game uh, if you're Minnesota. Uh, by the way, the fifth consensus play in the Circa Millions, Chargers, minus three against the Raiders Monday night. We will get into that uh-huh. game as well as our remaining still on the slate. Week four NFL previews coming your way next in hour number four right here on VEASAN Bet Center. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.